Ask the Podcast Coach for February 9th, 2019. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. It's that music. It means it's Saturday morning. It's 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. It must be time for the only podcast where you can get your podcast questions answered live. Unless, of course, you're listening to better podcasting when they do their show live, when I think about that. Uh, It's time for Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And coming in to save the day, the one and only, you know him as Stargate Pioneer. His friends call him SP from gunnageek.com or better podcasting.com. SP, how's it going, buddy? It's great. Thank you very much for having me. And I just want to say, you know, when the Hall of Famer, the Dave Jackson, calls (laughs) you and says, I need a favor, you say yes. (laughs) Yeah, I had somebody lined up from, I believe it's bemyguest.fm, who this guy has a background in PR, and I heard him on another webinar. And I've been trying to do kind of the thing where like, hey, let's let's have new people in. And this will be kind of fun. I'll make some new friends and blah, blah, blah. And he emailed me last night about 1130. He goes, dude, I hate to do this, but I have a small child who is extremely sick, and I will be in the 100% dad role tomorrow. And I'm like, not a problem. And about that time, you sent me an email and said, hey, happy birthday, buddy. And I'm like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? So very nice of you to uh, to sit in. And uh, we are at askthepodcastcoach.com slash live if you're listening on Mixler or the YouTubes. The other thing we found out is I was going to kick the tires on BeLive.tv today because the whole new computer, the old computer would occasionally I would just freeze. And I'm like, hey, let's let's give that a shot. And it turns out that if you're not on Facebook, I was going to say Mr. P. That doesn't sound right. No, that is not that does correct. Not, no, because yeah, I'm trying. Yeah. How would that work? Uh, SP is not on Facebook. What? Not by choice, but yeah. Okay. So for whatever reason, if you're using BeLive.TV, what did the screen say? I, I saw the screenshot, but I actually didn't read it. The only thing it said is you had to click consent and then log into Facebook to continue. And that was the link that you sent me. There was also a login script on the top right-hand side of the web page and I tried to click that and again it said log in with Facebook so that wasn't happening today because for those that don't know Facebook kicked Stargate Pioneer off because I don't know they want to monetize real names and addresses so that's probably why that happened so you're saying Stargate Pioneer is not your real name it is a stage name, but they don't accept the stage name, in it, which is really weird. So I went through this whole process with them. And the one thing that I remember is they said, well, you can set up like a public profile page, like newscasters that use staged names, do that right. and so on and so forth. But I'm like, no, I don't trust you linking my data back and forth. So, no, I'm not going to do that. And since that time, there has been many, many, many data links leaks with Facebook. So I am glad I did not make that association. (laughs) It's like, I will pass. Thank you very much. But uh, Hey, you've seen the commercials They're You know, they're, they're not going to do it. They they want this to be a place where you connect with your family. My favorite was, I think it was, um, Oh, full frontal with uh, Samantha B did a thing on this. And they went back and showed where like literally like every two to three years, there's a, been a time where there's been some sort of no-no by Facebook. They put out a really nice, warm, fuzzy commercial that goes, oh, we're sorry. We're not going to do that anymore. And then it's like, and then three years later, oops, oh, sorry. Okay, we're not going to do that. It, like literally just every two to three years. And I'm like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't blame him. 
Hey, if you want to uh, call in, we do have the phone hooked up. You can dial. Oh, wait, we have. I forget that we have dialing music. You can dial in, of course, 330-294-9393. That number again, 330-294-9393. And, you know, if I was thinking, I'm not even in my own chat. How how weird is that? I was going to throw that in there. You also see it behind me occasionally when my head is not in the rain, in the in the way. But, uh, boy, it's too bad it was such a slow week in news for uh, for podcasting. Nothing really big happened or, or anything besides that whole, um, you know, Spotify thing. Um, oh, really? What happened with Spotify, yeah. Dave? <laughs> well, they bought Gimlet, which for me, I'm like, okay, that might bring some people over there. I, I would love to know, like, what did having Joe Biden do for Spotify and what did Amy Schumer do for Spotify? Because that was their previously what they did. Now they bought Gimlet. So I kind of get that. They're like interested in having really good content. And then they bought Anchor. And that's the one that makes me, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I was, yeah, I was using the analogy of being from, from kind of Ohio Clevelandish area. Uh, there was a guy here that was super talented, Josh Gordon, that just could not keep off pot and other drugs and just it was a super talented guy. Unfortunately, just cannot get his act together. And Wait event, a minute. Josh Gordon, it, it's his real name, Randy Moss. <laughs> exactly. And he got hired by the New England Patriots. And I was like, oh, well, that's not going to end well. And sure enough, about halfway through the season, he had to call it a day because he was, again, failing uh, drug tests. And I think at this point is suspended indefinitely at the NFL. So I was kind of like, wait, why are the Patriots? Why would the Patriots buy Josh Gordon? I'm like, why would Spotify buy anchor i would that's the one that i'm like well, the only thing i could think of dave because i've been scratching my head over this whole thing too and we talked about it in the live recording and better podcasting this week the thing that would drive me to anchor if i was spotify if i knew something about podcasting would be the tools that they have put together to help mm-hmm. podcasts or creators because that's one thing that they have is a suite of tools which i've never used but i think it's mobile tools that they can use and I think a lot of creators have created their free podcast using those tools. And they say, great, this is how we actually create a podcast is we use these tools and put it up there. And then we quit three episodes later. And then those three episodes are there forever because Anchor never calls them. Mm-hmm. I think Spotify is going to look into that over time. And I think they're going to change their business practices. I don't know if they're going to shift from free or not. I would think they would because the bandwidth of the RSS feeds alone is going to eat them alive pretty soon. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in their, their mind space. I mean, people have been speculating in the hobbyist routine because yeah. I'm in the hobbyist circles on Reddit and so on and so forth. And they've been speculating that this is a podcast form where they can look in and, and grab shows that they would really like to uh, spotlight on Spotify. Okay. Maybe, but, that's an awful lot of shows. It's tens of thousands. Well, that's me. And I'm like, I can't think of a single show that of course I use, you know, if somebody's not using the pre-made anchor artwork with a little symbol on it, it's hard to tell where they're from, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I did find out cause I've been playing with anchor. I have the, uh, I have the anchor sucks show, which uh, sadly enough, they, they, took off my sponsorship. They will not sponsor a show about how bad their platform is. 
Oh, which, which wow. right, I wonder if they would have done that if you hadn't announced the fact that you had the show, like on other shows. <laughs> um, so I do, I've put up a couple. What's interesting is I put up one about weight loss thinking, cause they say, you know, I, they have uh, advertisers and I'm like, okay, weight loss, there should be some sort of diet pill or protein powder, some sort of, you know, something. And the sponsor that I get for that weight loss show was um, Anchor. And then I created a show about customer service. All of these, by the way, have about two episodes in them. Shocking. Um, and did the same thing. And the sponsor I got was um, Anchor. Mm-hmm. And then I created a character. Um, well, actually, I stole a character. And I do a show called Fat, 50, and Frisky. And what I found out through that is, uh, again, oddly enough, the sponsor that I got for that wasn't like Geritol or... <laughs> Or some older type thing. It was uh, Anchor. So again, this this way that Anchor is going to make money through sponsorship was again just a way for them to spend more money. They've already gone through about fourteen million. But what I found out is, if you don't go through and set up, um, they use payments through Stripe. It's this. It's kind of like a PayPal thing. I went to Connected, and I'm like, wait a minute. I've already got a Stripe account with the School of Podcasting, and it was like I don't want to set up another one. And so I emailed them their support. I'm like, let's see what their support's like. And I got an instant robo. You know, you always get the robo. Hey, we got your, uh, we got your email. We'll be with you shortly. Then shortly thereafter, like about 15, 20 minutes later, I got a robo automatic answer that said, Hey, you asked about Stripe. Are these, are any of these uh, what you're talking about? And in mine was, how do I connect it to a pre-existing account? None of those helped. And I'm like, no, to which I then got another automatic robo reply that said, hey, I see you asked a question about Stripe. Are any of these things, you know, the ones that we just showed you 10 minutes ago, I got that three times. Each time I'm going, no, that did not answer my question. So finally, I just went over and said, well, if worst case scenarios, I'll set up another Stripe. Let's see what happens. So I click on it, go through, put in my Stripe information to which Stripe finally said, hey, do you know you already have an account? Do you want to connect that? to Stripe or to uh, Anchor. And I'm like, sure. And I found out that I missed out on 35 cents because I didn't have my Stripe account connected first. Can you even buy a little gumball in those gumball machines for 35 cents today? I don't. Maybe. Maybe with a quarter. And then I'd have a dime left over. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I uh, I was... Because the whole time, you know, and I'm reading... (laughs) I'm reading the sponsor thing, of course, which is like, you know, and you can make money with a podcast. And I'm like, I would log in. I'm like, no, I'm not. So I, I once I did that and then listened to my own podcast, I saw where I had a a, a penny because they're paying a, a, a penny a download for anchors, 10 cents or 10 bucks per thousand downloads. So I was like, here we go on my way to a whole uh, penny. A and whole- you know, in Canada, if you earn that penny, they could not physically give you a penny because there are no pennies left in Canada. Well, there you go. What do they, what ha- everything's just rounded up to the nearest. Yeah. If you're paying cash, it's rounded to nickel. At least that's what Stevens told me. So I haven't been to Canada since then, but apparently if you're doing digital transactions or credit transactions, it is still pennies. There you go. And and technically, I hate pennies anyway, because they used to be made out of whatever it was, copper-ish kind of metal thing. And it, now when you get an actual new penny, I swear it's made out of plastic. It, it is. They're, they're very bizarre. But uh, probably to prevent counterfeiting. Anyway, you're 
saying that you have advertisement issues with Anchor. And I will say, I think Anchor's success here and probably what attracted Spotify is they have injected a process by which ads can be sold on podcasts. Now, what they have not demonstrated is that advertisers clomb to the entire Anchor service to then pay for it. But at least the process is there. Right. Yeah. And for me, and I'm probably going to do a video on this later this week, my still biggest problem that I, I don't understand because, okay, we haven't planned this ahead of time. SP, if you were to say, what is one thing that podcasters obsess over? You would probably say. Microphones. Ooh, not what I was. Okay. If you went with number two. Monetizing, except for not in the hobbyist circles. I'm just, I'm just striking out. I think it's stats. Maybe. Oh, well you deal with it on a day to day basis. That's it. I'm, I'm over the hump where I am (laughs) obsessing about stats on a daily basis or hourly basis or whatever. I'll, I'll log in when I publish my shows and that's about it. But so, yeah, I get it. Everybody's talking about stats. And and so the one thing that drives me that I'm surprised people are okay with is when you sign up for anchor and they submit you to other directories for you, like Apple and especially Stitcher, um, those two, you now don't have access to see extra stats that are in those services. And it's kind of interesting because I'm now the guy that goes, okay, you know, they're, and for the record, they're very good at redirecting your feed. So they don't control it. They don't control your feed. They just control your access to the back end of Apple and Stitcher. And it's not impossible to get that back. You just, it takes about a week, a little back and forth between Apple where Apple goes, Hey, we have to prove that you own your feed, which you do because Anchor redirected it. Please put this gibberish in your feed because why else would anybody put this in their feed? And then we'll know that you are you and we'll move your feed from um, Anchor's Apple ID to your, which which takes, I'm going to say five to seven days because it takes like a day to get, you get like one reply from from Apple a day. So it's like, hey, I need my thing. That's one day. Next day, put the gibberish in your thing. Next day, put it back in, you know, send it back to Apple. Day four, okay, you've owned your feed. Now we're going to redirect it. And on day five, it actually happens. So, and I'm, I'm, I will, I will say I've gone through this with two different shows mm-hmm. and I've tried three times. Now I do see the stats in Podcast Connect. The shows are in my yeah. account, Podcast Connect. However, I don't own the shows in Podcast Connect. And I've tried to get them to rectify this several times. So it doesn't show up on my Podcast Connect main page. But then when I go into the stats, I can see the stats. So it's very confusing to me who actually owns the show according to Apple. Of course, I own the shows right. and I can prove it, but they haven't moved that in there. So I've gone through that process. I see the stats. Mm-hmm. I don't see the shows on the main page. That's interesting. Yeah. I've, and like I said, I've tried three times. Every once in a while, it'll come up like we're talking about it now. So maybe this afternoon, I'll send them another email and I'll say, look, I don't see the shows on this page. And they've never responded with uh, a, a real response. Like the first time they said, yes, you have your stats and that's it. But it's still not on my podcast connect main page. Yeah. The thing I thought was interesting because I emailed Stitcher and I said, what do I have to do to do that? And it was interesting because I I didn't explain it very well. They're like, well, what's your show? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't need to do this. I need to know if I was going to do this. And they have, they, oh, just let us know what the show is and let us know what email you use in the the partner portal. 
and we'll just move it. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting because there's no validation process. They're just like, oh, let us know what it is and we'll move it. And I'm like, so, so how I, many shows do you own in Stitcher now? Yeah, I, so yours and uh, Cliff's <laughs> and Daniel's. I just I just grabbed them all. Uh, I, I would figure you would do something that low, you know, being the Hall of Famer, you know, stellar personality that you are. Yeah. So it was uh, that I thought was rather interesting because um, I might be writing an article on that for uh, the podcast business journal. So uh, just because, again, I, I don't think most people realize that, yes, it's free. And, and and for the record, the thing I think that Anchor has done, that's a good thing, is everybody who went back to their user interface and said, how can we make this easier? You know, because it is drop dead easy to to make a uh, an episode on your phone on Anchor and that whole nine yards. So they have this weird artwork thing where you can go through and it'll go out to I think it's Flickr or some some a bunch of Creative Commons sites, and they'll actually help you find artwork. But then it will automatically put a link to the artist in your description. Oh, see, I was thinking you were going to say Fiverr and, and that would like completely <laughs> anchor decimation at that point. SP, I have, I think this is a new segment. We're going to call it things you shouldn't be obsessing over. Since we things talk, you should be obsessing over. No, shouldn't be obsessing over. Oh, should not. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to leave the name out of this. This person was obsessing over why a review in iTunes was marked helpful. Like why, like why is this marked helpful? And that's a thing where if somebody goes into iTunes or Apple podcast, take yeah, I was just going to say, you got to say them both. Otherwise yeah, I, you get your hands. Yeah, that's right. Just stop that. No one will punch you in the face. But <laughs> Apple will slap your hand. I, I was like, because somebody said that was helpful. That's why it's labeled as helpful. And the more people that do that and the more votes of helpful it gets is how it is then labeled most helpful because more people said it was helpful. Hence. Oh oh my gosh. We've entered into a new iTunes review war. Oh my, I can see this happening. Well, I I saw that this morning is somebody was in one of the Facebook groups saying, can I get a link directly to my reviews? So they don't have to go to whatever, pick your Apple product and then click on leave a review and then whatever you have to click on. I don't, I, I haven't left a review uh, I did find out you can delete a review. If you leave one, like really scathing one, and then you wake up the next day and you go, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> um, you can the- go, go into your account and see your old reviews and, and actually take them down. Because I, I, there's another podcast about podcasting that's new who will go nameless. But it was it was like, I listened to it, and they're all like three minutes long. And I'm going to say, if it's three minutes long, two and a half minutes of it was a commercial. And I was just oh, like, sweet. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And so I woke up the next day and I'm like, because I am technically their competition. I'm like, nah, I should probably just stay out of this one and let the audience figure it out. You know? And I was like, I went into uh, to, uh, the Apple iTunes and uh, was like, oh, and then I finally figured out you can go into your account and holy cow, SP, we have a caller. I just have to make sure I've got them oh. set to go. You're on with uh, SP and Dave. What's your name and what's your question? Hi, SP. Hi, Dave. This is Bangs. Hey, how are you, SP, buddy? Hi. Pretty hey, Bangs. Good, SP. You're looking good getting that facial hair back soon. We need yeah, that thank, beard. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, for those that don't know, I went through a, a, a skin thing, skin cancer, and my dermatologist said, you need to not grow a beard until this is resolved. I'm like, okay, great. So it was resolved about 10 days ago, and I've been growing the beard back ever since. And then I'll probably have to shave it off when spring comes because of allergies. But yeah, thank you. Anyway, I had a question uh, regarding the Patreon uh, issues that have been coming up recently. Ah. Jack Conte was up with uh, CNBC and he was explaining how Patreon wasn't sustainable as it has rapid growth going forward, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thing for the CEO to say. Well, and also the massive numbers of people who had slow payouts this last month. Yeah, I, here's, here's my question. Did you, because I watched a video of that interview, and at least on the clip they had online, he didn't say that anywhere. At least the clip I saw. Did you actually see him say that? Because I saw it reported. Uh, that was from the CNBC article. Yeah, see, that's uh, that the, was from there. Yeah, that's the part I thought was weird. Is is the article mentioned it, and they had a link to the video, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to watch the video. I want to hear what I yell. And he didn't. Mm-hmm. He didn't say it in the video. So I thought that was really weird. That, um, but yeah, because the thing I don't get about that is they almost don't have a product. Like all they really are is a convenient middleman. Yeah, they're a convenient middleman that takes ten percent. And the only thing I can think of that they didn't think of is because people ask me all the time, how do I link Libsyn to a Patreon account? And I'm like, well, you can use the Embedly link, but in the end, it's not going to play right there in Patreon. If you actually want it to play in Patreon or if you want it to, uh, if you're using the, um, the RSS feed, you have to upload it to Patreon. And that will work right. in, in the R's. And I think, I just wonder if maybe that's the one where they went, oh, and all these people are now uploading media to their account, which, again, is an expense. You, you've got it, not that storage is that expensive and not that bandwidth is that expensive, but it's an expense that they didn't think about. But, yeah, I thought it was right. really odd. SB, have you heard anything about this or read any articles? Yeah, I've just read the same articles that you have. And I was thinking in terms of, like, big huge five fortune 500 corporations, you know, the bigger they get, the more overhead that they actually have to sustain because there's more facilities, there's more uh, personnel, there's more of this, there's more of that. Now you would think it would be a standard percent, but it does start to grow a, a little bit. So that's what I thought he was talking about. I did not think about the media upload, especially what, what is called lens that uh, creators can throw little blurbs on there, like little, little social media things. And I certainly didn't think about uploading full videos directly to Patreon or MP3 files. I thought those were all hosted separately, but come to think about it, because I don't use Patreon. I do support people on Patreon, but I don't use Patreon. But yeah, what, since you said that, yeah, that's a big expense over time. Yeah, I forget the versions. I thought it was odd that MP3, or I forget what it is. They, they have a couple different versions. Like I think video, you almost have to, what I do is I upload it to YouTube as an unlisted video and then I put mm-hmm. it there and that works great. So I'm not uploading video, but I just thought it was like, there's no way to embed a player or it's like they don't, which I understand that's the same thing for WordPress. They don't want people embedding iframes because then it just jacks up everything and it gets ugly. But yeah, I thought it was just a weird thing. I'm with you, uh, Bangs. I'm like, it's that does not instill a lot of confidence when you hear the CEO go, yeah, this isn't going to work if we keep going in this direction. You're like, hmm. And I know, um, I think it's pod.fan. Just, pod.fan, yeah. 
just uh, launched, uh, at least I don't know if they launched, but I heard about it this week and went over and claimed a URL. Don't know what it is, but it's something to play with. And then there was Did some you claim audacity to the podcast where you're at it. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. And better podcasting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Have you ever heard Daniel's story about uh, me and um, you know how Daniel always talks about, well, blah, 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 my awesome podcast.com. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I remember that. Yes. And I actually went out and got the domain. It, it took him like months to figure out. He's like, all right, smarty pants. Can I please <laughs> have that. Um, so Banks, what do you think, buddy? Well, I don't know, to be absolutely honest. Uh, could be they're getting investor issues because they've had several, what, $100 million at this point? Several million up to $100 million of investor uh, money invested, and they're not getting revenue to begin paying that back. Mm. Uh, the weird thing was uh, they offered that cash up front. You have a slow pay. You need the money now. We'll give you 90% of your money. You know, so an additional 10% fee as sort of a cash advance, which is just really sort of weird that they yeah. would be doing something like that. Yeah, because when I see cash checking places, I think, wow, there's a reputable business. <laughs> it's like, mm. uh, well, the good thing with Patreon anyway, is I, it's not just a podcasting issue. Yeah. You have all sorts of creators, musicians, could be artists, yeah. could be writers, musicians, a bunch of YouTubers, which is probably their biggest draw. And they're probably going to be the bulk of the complaints, I guess, against the platform. And we'll see if anything actually changes or not uh, because of their complaints. Uh, YouTubers can be very vocal about such things, <laughs> and they've been vocal about their own platform as well. So I don't know if it's going to change anything. I mean, if they're really running through money to keep that site going and the, the take, the whatever it is, 2%, 10%, whatever, it isn't enough. Yeah, they're going to have to increase it. Five percent. Five percent. What is PayPal? What is PayPal? PayPal is two point nine percent plus something like thirty cents per transaction. So it's so it's all relatively in the same ballpark. Yeah, I mean, they're uh, Patreon's taking an extra, uh, you know, seven percent. That's what you get charged from uh, PayPal. That's not necessarily what they've negotiated mm. on the back end. Yeah, well, that's but that would. That would tie into what happened uh, a year ago in November when Patreon decided to redo their payment scheme. And it ended up being approximately 35% of all $1 donations going to PayPal or Patreon. Oh, that's true. I and forgot about that. Even. I forgot yeah, that was about A year that. ago in November. Yeah. And they added in the 30 cents uh, flat fee. And any $1 donor, donors to you uh, ended up paying approximately 35%. And it only broke even at about nine to $10 per month going to a single creator. Yeah. That's I. what's interesting is that probably means back in November, you know, a year ago is when a year they went, ago in November. Yeah. A year ago, there was probably when they went, Hey, this isn't going to work. Somebody did some extra math and went, Hmm, you know, if you carry the one on that, that's, that's, Hmm, we're going to, we're going to run into a brick wall here eventually. Uh, but I know there's another one like star, star follower. Drive star. Subscribe star. Subscribe star. Yeah, is another one. But yeah, that's the one that that's the one PayPal and Stripe pulled out of uh, this last yeah. November because yeah. of uh, shenanigans. Yeah, so that's always that's always a good first impression <laughs> when two major players. There's go. a couple others that were bought out. There was a company that was a white box version of P- 
tape uh, Patreon effectively, where you can label it yourself, and they ran the back end, and uh, PayPal or uh, Patreon bought that. See, so if, they're buying up competitors. If PayPal was smart, they would just take the whole reward, like a better way to track it or something like that. Like take the the back end of you know tracking rewards because you already have you know a, a recurring monthly payment. Why not have a, because the problem is you could use PayPal, but tracking it would be a nightmare. Uh, although I believe in your back end, you can say, show me subscriptions, but it would still be, it's not as easy where now I can just go in and say, show me my $5 patrons. Um, that, that would be, cause then PayPal would be like, who's going to be able to compete with PayPal because PayPal doesn't have to tack on any extra fees. They already have the fees. So that right. would, that would and be PayPal's the, what eighty five percent of the online credit card transactions are PayPal and Stripe. Wow. So, yeah, that'll be fun to watch. But it's, yeah, it's not quite. Yeah, it's not quite that large uh, in the U.S., but internationally, it's eighty five percent between the two of them. Wow. Interesting. That'd be fun to watch. I'll let you guys go. Because uh, I remember when the uh, thanks banks. Um, yep. Bye bye. It will be interesting. I forget who it was, but there was another company. I want to say Jaywalk or something like that, that Google oh. bought right when there was Patreon. And then this other thing that began with a J. Um, and I want to say it was across. Uh, anyway, I was on it originally. That's why I have asked the podcast coach.com slash awesome because I made that because at the time there was Patreon and then this other thing with a J that I can't remember joystick now. Anyway, whatever it was, it got bought by Google and immediately shut down, of course, because that's what Google does. And um, so it'll be interesting because it's one of those things where Patreon is so huge. I mean, they're paying out, you know, millions of dollars to people. And you think, well, they're never going to go any place. It's the top, you know, it's it's now it's like when, uh, well, Podbean has a, a donation model and it's kind of like, Oh yeah, well Podbean has their own Patreon thing. It's like they, they are now the Kleenex of, of crowdfunding. Uh, and you know what? Since we're here and we're talking crowdfunding and awesome supporters, uh, this would be a good time for me to say thank you to my awesome supporters. If you want to join us, we're over at askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. And, uh, we're talking about awesome big shot smarty pants people. I have one level where you can actually get private coaching at a greatly discounted amount. And that right now is Josh Liston from On the Bubble Podcast, also part of the Gunna Geek Network, I should say. And uh, if you've ever heard about a show being canceled and then their fans rallied and either got it back on the air or died trying, um, check it out at onthebubblepodcast.com. And then our $20 patrons get mentioned in every show. So we're talking about awesome people like Greg over at DebtShepherd.com. If you're wanting to know more about getting your finances in order, go see Greg. Jonathan Bloom over at WeeklyAwesome.com. Glenn the Geek Hebert over at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Josh Rivers, who was here last week at PodcastingExperiments.com. Max Trescott up in the air at AviationNewsTalk.com. Shane from Spybrary. So if you're into spy stuff... Check that out. Carrie Bond over at keywestperspective.com slash podcast. It's all about uh, Key West and that whole area. My buddy Ronsley down in Australia or up in Australia, depending on where you're at from the Amplify Media Group. You can find him at mustamplify.com. And our newest uh, $20 patron, thank you to Carl White from loanofficerfreedom.com. So if you're uh, a loan officer, I'm assuming 
that would be something you would want to uh, check out. But thank you, Carl, for uh, your patronage. It's greatly appreciated. And again, if you want to become an awesome supporter, go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. So it will be fun to uh, to see. We Again, we, with all these different companies moving things around and, and such, um, it's some of it's just going to like, well, just let's get some popcorn and kick back and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So. We will. There's two things that is inevitably going to change the space if the space is ever going to change. And one is the architecture of which podcasts are distributed, which right now is the RSS 2.0 sort of uh, way to distribute your feeds to other places. It was created in 2003. You know, it's 2019 right now. Some would say, you know, that's getting a little long in the tooth. It's still working, though, right? So if that methodology changes, that's one way. And the other thing is if you get more and more big exclusive content that people really, really, really want to hear on these platforms, then they go to the model that we're having right now with TV, where you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Amazon Prime, you have HBO Go, you have all the different ways to get your exclusive content. And if the public is okay with that, you see more of an acceptance of that over time. But I'm still thinking... As long as those RSS 2.0 feeds distribute content to multiple places, then I just don't see that exclusivity really taking hold. But that's just me. Well, and that's where this article with uh, Alex Bloomberg and Alex and and the other guy known affectionately as the other guy at uh, Gimlet said that current shows. So if you like Reply All and Startup are going to stay or they're not going to be exclusive. And it was really worded in a way that kind of, because to me, I think what's going to be interesting is, okay, Gimlet makes a, a Spotify only show. Gimlet was making money through advertising. The advertising was of, I'm assuming a high rate because of so many downloads. Well, if you now cut out the RSS feed and I can't listen in overcast, I'm not listening. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that, I mean, uh, Mm, Audible has tried that where they have, they won't call it um, a podcast, but they've had, you know, audible only stuff. And I listened to one uh, because some, again, here we go with word of mouth. Somebody said, Oh, you should listen to this. And it was the behind the scenes (laughs) of porn. It was something like something butterfly, but it was about this guy that invented Pornhub of all things. Oh my gosh, Dave, we really need to get you. it. But it was it was really interesting because uh, much like Anchor came in with a free version, Pornhub came in with a free version of porn, and they're interviewing all these people like, yeah, man, we can't. Well, the minute I make a porn movie now, because um, that's where I was going to go for side hustle money. Now, uh, you know, it's on the internet. So, um, but that's other than that, I never listened to any of these Audible exclusive stuff. So, and I've I listened to Amy Schumer once or twice. But again, there's another one, Amy Schumer, the first season start off, I think exclusive. And then it was on iTunes and then her second season is back to being exclusive. So I'm, I don't think this exclusive thing is, uh, well, let's is, backtrack a little bit, right? So your boss, well, first of all, you said you were going to do porn for a side hustle. So let's just make that clear. You weren't talking about yourself. Right? I, I was, exp- I was, I was considering my horizons where I could go. And then it dawned on me that um, I'm a 54-year-old old white guy with a dad bod. And I'm like, you know what? Probably not the best career move at this point. So No, there probably is a market for that, but not really monetizable. <laughs> so let's just leave that alone. Okay, 
So the next thing that we need to talk about is your boss on Lipson's The Feed podcast every month publishes statistics, which are aggregated from all of Lipson's. What do you guys got now? 55,000 different shows. We have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So it's statistically relevant and 65 ish percent. I'm not remembering the exact number, but 65 ish percent are consumed through Apple's architecture. And that's probably not including some of the apps, which also pull from that architecture. But so it's 65 or more. And then Spotify is number two, but they're still 10% or under. I, I don't remember the exact number. Uh, so if you're going to have a show on exclusively on Spotify, you are ignoring the 65% plus that's through the Apple architecture and anything else. So you're ignoring like 90% of the, the potential audience out there. I just don't see that as really monetizable. But again, if the public wants to consume audio that way which i don't think they do but if if they do then i'm wrong but i think the audience likes consuming products wherever they are yeah exactly and that's where i think what we'll probably see and this i have nothing this is just a guess i bet it's going to be something like this uh if you want to listen to reply all the minute it comes out you have to listen on spotify otherwise it's it's it, well. It's like the um, a, a great example of this is The Walking Dead or uh, The Blacklist. If I want to watch those TV shows, I'm either you know I have a cable subscription or I have whatever NBC.com or whatever something because AMC, which I think is really weird. I have AMC on Hulu. I cannot watch The Walking Dead. I can, but it's going to be a season. Like I will let's let's say they're on season two, which they're not. But I could watch season. I'm always a season behind. So whatever new season they're on, I can watch last season. So I don't think that's a bad thing with walking the walk or walking dead. But yeah. uh, you know, that's just me, so, my, my personal <laughs> thing in there. Cause whenever you really like a character, they die. So yeah. I, I, what, what incentive are you giving me to watch this stuff anyway? But that's why I like that show. Cause you never know who's going to get whacked. Uh, but I think that I could see that doing that. Like, Hey, which would be interesting because especially with something like reply. See, I, I don't listen to reply all, but I hear it's good and it's about the internet, but I'm wondering if it's too technology based, that would be really easy for that show to be outdated. Like, it, I don't know if it's a new show. I, I didn't need to go listen to it, but I know any kind of like, depending on what the show is, if it's not evergreen, you know, if it's, if it's whatever, two weeks behind, okay, do I want to listen to a new show that's, that's two weeks behind? That's not going to work. So it'll be interesting to uh, to watch. Just to, uh, it, for those of you keeping track at home, if you were screaming at the uh, at your dashboard in the car, it was Joyride was the uh, tool that was available. Uh, and I'm showing on my screen, the little J there was the logo for that. And that was originally what I was using because everybody else was using Patreon. And I went, well, let's try this other thing because, you know, I like to play. And um, so for those of you that were like, it's Joyride, come on, say Joyride. Well, OK, it's, it's, it wasn't whatever I said it was, Jay Walk or something like that. So there we go. The, the mystery has been solved. Have you heard about CastQ.io? No, you got me there, Dave. Is okay. that something new? It is It is new. And so what we're going to do is, how are we doing on time? Perfect. It's an interesting idea. It reminds me a little bit of SoundCloud, kind of, but not really. And the idea is, the idea is you, you go over as a podcaster and you say, hey, 
I'm going to do an episode on such and such. What do you think I should do? And I'm like, oh, it's so, uh, let me see if I can grab this link. Yeah. So, so here's, wait a minute. You, you have an existing audience and you're asking them to engage in your creative process. Right. So like right now I have, uh, at the end of the month, I'm going to do a, what is your absolute number one pet peeve? I know we can all pick about 50 of them, but like, if you had one that makes you unsubscribe, I would need your answer, by the way, by February 22nd, you can go over to school slash contact. So I, I was like, Hey, there's an example one that I'm actually doing this. And I went over and what I kind of look at this and go, it's a blog post with comments. So I made one. And I, here's my top pet peeve. I'm like, Hey, you have to pick one. And there are buttons there to share stuff. There's a comment box or it says post a question. So somebody could say, Oh, so I'm, Hey, I'm interviewing SP about, you know, on the next episode, what questions do you have for SP? I get that. Uh, But other than that, and then people can say, Oh, that's a good question. Ask that. So people can vote on the questions if we, um, if you go into, can I log in? I am logged in here. New episodes. Why does it say audacity to podcast? <laughs> so here it's like, am I doing guests? Am I taking suggestions? There's not much to it. I just, to me, when I saw the actual product, I was like, I like the idea of having something that you could use to solicit feedback. But I don't know. I, I, I always hate this because when something new comes out, I always seem like I'm negative Nancy, but for me, I was kind of like, um, why wouldn't you just, I don't know, use your email list or use a Facebook group or a Facebook post or I don't know. I would think where the people are consuming the product is where you'd want to go for that sort of information. So if they're consuming it through an app like Overcast, then there should be a comment section there where they would go in and do that. If they're on a computer, it's more versatile, but how many percentage of people will actually listen on a computer? Not much yeah. anymore. So if it's not directly in the app or in the show notes, I guess if it's in the show notes, they can click over to it, but they're not going to go there on their own. Right. Yeah. It's, it's someplace where you're going to have to send them. And I guess for me, I would, I really thought it was going to be like this cool interface, like click here to leave an audio thing. Like it was going to be a speak pipe, click here to leave a video or click here to, you know, type your answer. And when I just saw this, I'm like, Oh, it's comments. You're basically every quote episode is now a blog post and people can leave comments. And I just went, and this is where to me, I'm like, if people are going to be leaving comments, I want that on my own website. Cause Google might look at that and say, wow, there are a lot of people commenting on this blog post. This must be important. And maybe, I don't know, but you might get a little more Google juice out of that. I don't know. I just, I looked at it and I'm like, well, it's an interesting idea. I like the idea of how can I get, you know, uh, suggestions from my audience. I just, when I saw the final product, and again, this is brand new. I, I, this is probably something that came in via my email. They're like, hey, here's the new podcast thing. And I went, I just, I feel bad when I'm always like, yeah, um, no. And I'm like, cause it seems like most of the time I go, yeah, mm, no. So I'm going to put my gym hat on. Okay, right good. Now. And, and I'm going to say, you know, I, I like the fact that we're seeing innovations in the podcast space for 
capabilities like this. Now, this might because Cast Q might not actually take off and might fold eventually, but I like the innovation because it then gives the other players in the space, whether it's where you host your media, Podbean or Libsyn or your own website or uh, where you're actually consuming the product on an app, whatever app that is, uh, you're on Android or if you're on iOS or if you're on Windows OS for another few months, uh, it, it would be nice to have those capabilities available in the areas where your audience is interfacing with your show. They'll interface on social media. They'll interface in the app that they're listening. And I don't know if, too much of the audience goes back to the website anymore. Hey, Dave, That's I'm not going to necessarily put you on the spot for hard numbers, but let's say five years ago and 10 years ago, how many comments were you getting per episode? How many comments are you getting per episode now? Oh, that's, that's a great point. It used to comments used to be a big thing. In fact, people were turning off their comments because they got too many because there were a lot of bots and things like that. But yeah, it's back then you would, you would get, you know, a comment at least, or to even if it was just to say great episode, you know, from somebody, because people are doing it for the backlinks. And now it's a ghost town, basically. On occasion, I will get, you know, where before I would maybe get multiple, like maybe, I don't know, five, you know, five would be a, a decent number. Now I get maybe one. Then it's usually something like, do you know the link to such and such doesn't work? Yeah, and how many comments do you get via social media or direct to you via email? Because email. you publicly uh, release your email. Yeah, that's it. I get them all. The email, and I think, in a way, I think your audience learns you, in a way. So I get definitely emails the way I get most of my comments, and then I get a fair amount on SpeakPipe, because they'll go to the contact page and go, oh, and they'll click on that, and then I'll get a message that way. But social, here's the thing, and this is what's horrible. I might be getting things on social, uh, but I, I'm like, I check Twitter like maybe twice a week, so I will miss that. I have also uh, wasn't going to call you out, Dave, but I've noticed. Yeah, well, that and I messed up my Twitter for about a month. I was playing with Recur Post, and I already had Social Jukebox. And I thought I turned off social jukebox because I want to play with recur post and I didn't. So I had two automatic systems just blasting. My did you get thrown in Twitter jail? I did not get thrown in Twitter jail, but I'm just thinking if I was following me on Twitter, I'd be like, this guy never posts anything himself. It's all just look at episode number 28 from, you know, seven years ago. I'm like, oops. So yeah, actually I was on your Twitter account yet. Well, I was on my Twitter account yeah. and your post, your your uh, post from your feed, forget what that's called, showed up and you linked an episode and then you said in brackets it was from 2007. So yeah. I'm assuming you're posting that because it's still relevant, but that is a concern. And I'm glad that you put the date on there too because yeah. people realize that's not this week. Yeah. <laughs> the best microphone or the best media. Yeah, that, that would be bad. Illiquity says, what social media software is good for reposting and is cost effective? Uh, I know there's a plugin for WordPress that's like repost old stuff. I forget the name of it. Um, I, I don't have one because I don't believe in that. I, yeah, yeah. I, I want to interact more personally with my audience. Yeah, I use whatever. It used to be Tweet Jukebox, now it's Social Jukebox, and I believe now I have it set to do one a day because I'm, I'm with SP. I'm trying to make that a little more personal. 
and I'm just wondering if any a if anybody's left. Over there. See, yeah, if I'm a a new listener to your show, School of Podcasting or Better Podcasting, I'm going to go to the feed and I'm going to see what's going on. If I'm going to School of Podcasting the way that you've got it set up right now on your Twitter feed, which I believe is it at School of Podcasting or Podcast uh, my School? Twitter is at Dave Jackson. Uh, well, okay. When it comes so, to branding, it, I'm horrible at that stuff. <laughs> so at Dave Jackson, and I'm seeing these posts saying what episodes I should listen to. And if I'm really into the subject, I'll, oh, this is great. This is great. This is, and then after a week, I'm like, well, wait a minute. This guy, and then I start figuring out, this guy has over 650 episodes. Wow, this is a great back catalog. And then I go to the app and I download the titles that interest me. But I don't necessarily want to keep subscribed to your Twitter feed because my Twitter feed is jammed up as it is. And so I unsubscribe. So it works to get a new listener in, but it doesn't really engage with your current audience. Yeah. It's like, hey, look, it's Dave on Twitter. And then after about three days, you go, yeah. So, yeah, I actually have I'm using a it's kind of a CRM slash thing. And what's cool is I can tie it into my Facebook and my Twitter so I can actually go there and see it actually also ties into your Gmail. So I can actually log into this thing, see my Gmail, see my Twitter and my Facebook, and actually then contact anybody who's been personal messages or whatever, things like that. <sighs> I'm drawing a complete blank. I, it Sounds pretty neat. It is pretty neat. It's and plus I, I, it's one of those things where I got grandfathered in like years ago and never used it uh. and then decided to like, Hey, I should do that. Uh, but what we should do now is say hello to whoever is calling in uh, with your phone number. Uh, what's your name and what's your question? This is Clay from WorkingCows.net. Hey, buddy. And uh, I was just wondering, had you guys talked about the the road mics contest, the podcast contest at all? We have not. Uh, if you go to, well, if you just go to road.com, I'm sure it's on their front page. But yeah, they're giving away $150,000 worth of equipment. Um, inclu- I'm, I'm dying to get the road, whatever, the new one. It's the pod mic. It's going to be interesting because if you look at this. Mm-hmm. If you look at the details of that, um, it it doesn't go as bassy as most typical dynamic mics, and it doesn't go as, for lack of a better phrase, trebly as the other one. What do you have? You seen anything SP or? Yeah, I've been tracking this. It's called the Rode Pod Mic, and I've yeah. been tracking it pretty hard. And at first, when we didn't see it, when we didn't get any specs on it, I was like, well, I was cautiously optimistic. Now that I've seen it, both the price and some of the tech specs on it and stuff like that. I am actually thinking that road once again missed the mark with this thing. Now, jury's still out. Nobody's actually sat out in the wild. I haven't seen any reviews or tests of it. Right. But I'm just thinking if you equate it with the similar microphones that it's going against. So the, um, uh, what is it? The uh, BD, BCD-1 or the uh, Golden Age uh, D2, I believe, the Art D, D7. Yeah, Art D7. Those microphones, which are large diam, yeah, large diameter dynamic cardio broadcast microphones, but they're sub two hundred dollars. None of them to date have had really good luck of coming out with a good quality sound. I would prefer going with a Shure SM fifty eight or SE Electronics V seven or a Blue Encore one hundred than I would one of those microphones. I just don't think they actually sound good at all but we'll wait and see for when they come out i just think that with the road caster no what is it the procaster 
roadcaster. The, which I, I thought it was right next to me. It's uh, what $229 or on sale, maybe even less. I think that's a great microphone to step up into. I don't believe that this pod mic is really going to hit it home as far as uh, the, the actual sound quality out of it. And I think other things that are either less or equal in price will be able to give you better sound than that. But like I said, we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, do you know what the price is going to be on that? I haven't seen it. I want to say $129. Yeah. See, that's, I, I can see that. Cause it's like, like you said, SM 58, hard to beat. And you can actually beat that microphone if you want to, and it will still work. So I just was surprised when I saw the specs and was like, wait, that's, you know, on one hand, yeah, you're not going to have that low rumble, but on the other hand, it might sound, and I'm sure they're going to say it's designed for the, the human voice, you know, so we don't need those super bass tones and we don't need, but I'm like, yeah, but everybody else does. And I'm like, I don't know. We'll see. And it's supposed to have the, uh, you know, a, a, a no need for a pop filter front end for lack of a better phrase, which I, yeah. You know what I say to that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a BP 40? Is that what you're using? No, it's a audio technica BP uh, 40. Uh, did you say uh, Heil or did no, you say I, audio? Technica? I just said okay. BP 40. So yeah, it's audio technica BP 40. I've had this for a while. It's $350 microphone and I'm giving it one last shot. I'm going to use it for a couple of months, really dial it in and then go head to head with the RE 320 again. And, and we'll just see what I pick. I, I, I I'm already, I'm, I'm missing my baby. <laughs> I, I really am. It's right here. I haven't put it away. It's going to stay on my desk, but <laughs> For those of you that are listening, I was petting my Electro Voice RE320. But uh, this microphone, it depends on your voice, right? So so this microphone has a certain tone to it. The RE320 has a certain tone to it. I'm sure the pod mic will have a certain tone to it, too. So there might be a voice where it fits. Yeah, I I was leading into my question. Uh, I just recorded my entry, and I was wondering if you were going to be a judge. I know them right at the end of your show today but if if you were going to be a judge would you want some like a music bed under it would you want just raw voice what would you want if you were a judge in that contest as far as the entry is concerned oh good point because there's going to be hundreds of entries i know that right i, I would want so yeah, the first 500 can... get a mobile interview kit the first right. 500 entries get a mobile interview kit so they're expecting a bunch right I would want something, quite frankly, whether it's music or not, I would want it to be engaging and entertaining. That's I would it. want it to be something that's interesting. I would want it to be like a driveway moment. And if you haven't heard that term before, it's you're driving home, you are you get home, you're in the driveway, in your car, and you keep listening yeah. instead of getting out of the car and going in and eating dinner. So that's the sort of engagement that I would think would win this because they're going to have hundreds of entries. Yeah, my mindset on the recording of it was to record it as a teaser for future episodes. And because they said, we want you to leave us wanting more. And so my mindset was to take my niche and and record it as a teaser for future episodes, but do it as close to what an actual episode would sound like as possible. Yeah, it's what, two minutes or less, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So whatever it is, that first super hard. That first 15 seconds has to like just come out and grab them by the throat or, or just make them go, whoa, what am I listening to? Or, or you know, whatever. Uh, what's not going to work is, you know, basically one of these. Welcome to the show. 
glad you know you got to have you know that's wow, the- you just recorded your entry right there Dave. <laughs> are you going to submit that as the audacity to podcast <laughs> so Dan- daniel's gonna kill me yeah Sorry. he's like what so uh you know but here's the good thing you're you're submitting something and a lot of people will think about that and go, oh, 150000 that'd be great. I should do that. And then whenever this thing is over, they're going to go, oh, I never, you know. So that's the cool thing. You're you're actually going to submit something because I, I bet a lot of people are thinking about it, but you're actually doing it. So that's the that's the cool thing. I would right, equate thanks, it. Thanks for the time. No problem. Yeah. I would equate, like, so two minutes. And I didn't put a lot of thought into this because I just decided I wasn't going to do it. But if I was equating it to something, I would equate it to a voicemail because mm-hmm. if you ever listen to a, another podcast, like a voicemail that goes beyond two minutes, it's, it's really boring in that <laughs> 60 second to 120 seconds. So you're going to have to captivate somebody all throughout the entire thing. You're going to have to give them a lot of information along the way in order to get from point A to point B. But if you're thinking in terms of how do I bracket it? How do I frame it? Think in terms of a voicemail. And if you leave longer than a two minute voicemail for another podcast, they're probably not going to play the whole thing. Yeah. I think, I think the question is going to be, I'll have to go over and look at the rules. Like, does it have to be two minutes or is it up to two minutes? Because that's one where if you, yeah, it said one to two minutes. Okay. What I thought was one to two minutes. Yeah. So that's one where it's like, you know, if it's only a minute, 15 seconds and you're like, Hmm, I don't have another 45 seconds. Uh, maybe you don't need those 45 seconds. As long as it's not boring, you know, let it well, get I'm going. I'm a pastor so. by trade. So getting me to shut up is the problem. Ah, that's uh, dude. I'm with you on that. <laughs> hey SP, what is coming up on uh, better podcasting? Any ideas what's coming up in the future? Yeah. So Monday we're actually releasing a great episode, which includes some talk on Spotify on it. But Steven, went into depth into a, a a topic that was very important to him right now. And it's change. It's uh, everything to do with changing your show. It's a topic I think we've covered in a couple of other uh, venues before, but we just wanted to tackle it head on, especially if it's after the new year and you're thinking of changing things. Yep. That is definitely what you need to do is look into how to do it with uh uh, best practices, basically. So that's coming up next week. Awesome. On the School of Podcasting, I'm going to interview somebody who almost quit, and she's so glad she didn't. 